right, everybody, you have just tuned in to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. And uh, holy crap, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, the Steelers go down to the New England Patriots up in Foxborough 33-3 to to open the 2019 uh, NFL season. And uh uh, we, we're we're going to get into it all. Uh, ben is joining me tonight. Ian is on vacation with his family uh, and hopefully is having a good time. Uh, and, and hopefully the, the Steelers lost didn't ruin it for him. But um, lots of things to discuss. And uh, uh, Ben, I, uh, I I don't even quite know where to begin. But what, what was going through your mind as, uh, as you watched that game just kind of unfold? Well, nobody expected that, man. I no. mean, nobody. And, and the guys calling the game said that. Yeah. You know, nobody expected it. Uh, you know, I mean, I, uh, I I had a tight game. I picked. I said the Patriots would win, like twenty three twenty. I thought yeah, it would be one of those. I thought it would be twenty three twenty one way or the other. And it, yeah, I, I really thought, given the way the Steelers came out. I thought, especially on defense, that it yeah. would go better than it did. It did not go well. And they just they got into a hole. Yeah. They got into some quicksand and then they played in their heels the rest of the damn game. And it was just horrible. And I mean, even, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, TJ Watt had a pretty good game, I thought. He really did. Um, because he wasn't getting much time to get to Brady and he still got to him a few times. He didn't get to to take him down, but he was there for a strip sack that Brady still got off and completed to Edelman. I have no idea how. Unbelievable. Um yeah, it was. Uh and you know, he he was there to t- to get make contact with Brady right mm-hmm. after the ball was gone a, a few times. I thought he had a pretty good game. Um Stefan Tuitt had a had a really nice game. He really did. Uh not much else I can say for the defense. Uh, although Mr. Bush did finish with 11 tackles combined uh, solo and assists. So yeah. he had, you know, he was involved in quite a bit of stuff, but overall the defense was just outmatched. They bit on play action every single time, <laughs> every did. time. I mean, it was like seven and eight guys crashing the line and wide receivers running open in the flat. And I went through and I counted it. Yeah. Brady threw the ball outside the numbers six times, six times, and it was incredibly ineffective. So he just kept throwing it. He just kept drilling it right in the middle of the field, right in the middle of the field, right in the – man, if you've got that much less field to defend, yeah, yeah. Uh, why not just play play inside leverage on the outside so that your guys get, are closer to the play when it comes in the middle because it's going to come in the middle – and stop biting on the damn play action. Just trust your defensive front. You know, you got five guys up there to make the play mm-hmm. and and cover the damn wide receivers. And again, we're seeing the same thing again, where we had sloppy play from the nickelbacks yeah. and from the free safety, both of which were undrafted free agents. Okay, fine. But they were horrible. Cam Kelly, terrible game. Mike Hilton, terrible game. And how the heck. Do we keep putting outside linebackers, inside linebackers on wide receivers? Why? Yeah. I, I I was looking through the archives, and I, I occasionally do this when when the Steelers go back or revert to that, that pattern where they just cannot stop 
the crossing routes, the short crossing routes, or just, as you said, those, those throws inside the numbers. And, you know, I went back to the, the, I think it was the 2002 game when Oakland came in behind Rich Gannon. I, I think Gannon threw the ball like 65 times that night. And, and basically everything was pretty similar. It was short. It was let my receivers do something with it. And, and that was kind of the blueprint in my mind, uh, for, for how teams were starting to expose the way Steelers, the Steelers did things sometimes on offense. And, you know, there's been times when the Steelers have been able to adjust to that and they've done a good job defending it. And then, you know, nights like Sunday night pop back up and, and it just, it just gives you kind of PTSD looking at it again. And, and boy, you, you couldn't be more right, Ben, about, about Mike Hilton in the slot. And we saw it in the preseason. In fact, we talked about it on one of the shows, that that he struggles to cover those seam routes and and again he was torched on those um and and we saw guys as you mentioned also getting burned on the play action now i i mean i think new england ran the ball okay but i didn't think they were gashing us so much that the play action should have been you know enticing us to bite so much um and you know you know speaking of of communication i I just want to highlight this one thing there was a play where Steven Nelson was lined up in press on Josh yeah. Gordon and he turned around and he signaled Cam Kelly behind him. Mm-hmm. And it was obvious mm-hmm. he was signaling him. This is your guy. I'm going to, I'm going to blitz. This is your guy. He was signaling yeah. him. Yeah. And Kelly not only did not cover Gordon, Gordon went into the friggin' end zone and it was like the, the communication there was clear couldn't have been clearer. Granted, yes, he ran a crossing route. Yeah, but but he he just didn't even he didn't punch it toward the line to get to Gordon when the ball was snapped. He sat back and he waited deep, and by the time he realized what Gordon was doing, it was too late. It was already over with, and Brady had picked Gordon out at the snap. Yeah, he knew he knew what he was going to do. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it, it, and and again, I'm going through this. I I took yeah. notes. The majority of, of Brady's throws were eight yards and shorter in the air. Yeah, that's exactly what I was talking about okay. with that old Raiders game. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Eight yards and shorter to the middle of the field between the numbers. Outside the numbers, Brady was four of six for 22 yards. And seven of those yards were yak yards after the catch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's how ineffective he was outside where the Steelers' best DBs play. I do not understand why they schemed that game that way. And it, it's infuriating. And then they made no adjustments during the game. I get why people are so pissed off at Tomlin and why they yeah. want Keith Butler fired. I completely <laughs> understand it. I do. Yeah. But by the same token, I am going to remind everyone, as I always do, the yep. players bear a lot of blame for this one because their their performance was uninspired. It was flat. Ugh. I don't know what the hell they were doing. The the team leaders need to pull these guys together and say, what the fuck are you guys? I mean, come on. Everybody, including me, and, you know, the team leaders are going to point themselves. Yep. Everybody, including me, has got to sit down and take a look at their game and figure out why they played the way they did and not do that again because that was pathetic. What is the explanation for that? Because, you know, this is the season opening game. You're you're playing the defending champions. They're they're raising their sixth banner, which of course ties you for the most Super Bowl titles. 
Um, I, I mean, you're you're going into the so-called Steelers' house of horrors, which it has been under Mike Tomlin. Whenever Tom Brady's under center, they, they've never won there. And, and now, again, to be fair, not many teams go into Foxborough and win uh, when Tom Brady's under center. I think he's lost there, like, what, a total of 21 times in his career. But I'm not making excuses here because you're absolutely right. That team looked like they were a, a, a five and ten team playing their sixteenth game, playing out the string. Just hey guys, let's show up. We'll put up some effort, see how things go, and go from there. I, I mean, I don't. I still don't understand why I keep hearing all these wonderful things about our offensive line, and and we almost literally made them a weakness the other night. Um, we didn't really attempt to truly run the ball. And when we did, it was kind of um, in an attempt to go wide against what I thought was a pretty quick New England defense. You know, we, we never really gave that offensive line an opportunity to actually impose its will, as, as we used to say. And, and of course, we know, you know, Rosie Nick, so everybody was screaming, where's Rosie in the short yardage? And, and we know he was hurt and stuff. But Where was Benny I, I mean, Snell? Is he inactive? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, give me give me something uh, to to say. This is my offensive line. It's one of the best in the league. Uh, show me what you're going to do, guys. You you can you can beat this line across from you. Now, again, I think New England played very very well. However, how much of that was the fact that the Steelers looked like they had zero motivation? I, I just I, I was bo- uh, boggled, uh, absolutely boggled. I, I mean, you can tell in my voice that I'm still just kind of uh, mystified by everything that I saw. It's just I, I had I have no problem getting beat. I have no problem losing a football game. But my God, give me some effort. Give me give me some energy. Give me some guys that that are out there and that that look like they they are interested in playing because I didn't see it from anybody. At any point, and I mean, once it got to be twenty to nothing, and, and that's where I'm going to go next here, Ben. Um, it looked like it was basically over, and in many games it is. But that's where I'm heading. Twenty to nothing. You got the ball fourth and one at the goal line. Why did he kick the field goal there? He didn't trust his players to execute. I I, I don't know. Maybe he felt like. He really had to come away with some points on mm-hmm. that drive yeah. for morale. I, I I don't know what was going through his head. I, I don't know. Uh, Benny Snell did dress. And, yeah. you know, we, we keep talking about where was Rosie Nix, where was Rosie Nix. What they should have – I mean, I what I expected to see on that play when they kicked it was Rosie yeah. line up in the I formation in front of Benny Snell and a dive for a touchdown. Absolutely. I don't know that it would have worked, but that's what I expected to see. And getting back to what they tried to do with, you know, which was getting cute running the ball instead of, you know, running the inside zone and, and not just yeah. lining up to a man and running straight at him. They tried to do with it to, to the Pats the last time. And the Pats had obviously solved that. Um, Definitely. And, you know, you can't come in with the same game plan game after game with these guys, even if it was effective the last time, because Belichick's going to yep. study what you did the last time, and he's going to come up with a way to to react to it. And he had a yeah. long time to do so. I mean, the guy, when was the, when was the schedule announced? April? I oh, mean, yeah. So he's got five months to sit there and game plan for you. You don't come back in with the same thing. That was stupid. And what was it with the coverage scheme? Where was the, where was the <laughs> press coverage they, they used the last time? 
I mean, don't get me wrong. They didn't use it exclusively against them when they yeah. played in Pittsburgh against them last year. But they used a lot of press. They used a lot of bump yep. and run. They tried it to, to get in the way, basically, to create timing issues between Brady and his receivers so that they weren't on the spot they were supposed to be on. Yeah, they played man with them like the entire game. Mm-hmm. But so what? You're playing man, but you're giving the guy a free release anyway so he can run his route. I mean, ah, it just – when you've got a timing passer who's in a system offense, and that's what the Pats play. It's a system yeah, offense. Definitely. You've got to be disruptive. You've got to disrupt those routes. You have to. If you don't, you know, you see the result. I mean, Brady – it wasn't like he was throwing the ball long, not, at least not much. I mean, no. most of it was just dink and dunk, dink and dunk, and let the let the guy in the field make the play. And yep. I just sit back here and not get hit because the ball was out in two seconds. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. You know, boom, boom, boom. He's got that clock in his head, and he's not letting mm-hmm. himself get hit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was that over and over and over again. And Brady had no sense of urgency. Why the hell should he? You know, you you've got to be more disruptive against that offense if you want to give yourself a chance now that said the defense was on the field way too long in my opinion in the first half oh yeah yeah Yeah. way 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 too long in the first half in particular uh the offense not being able to sustain a drive did them no favors that was not okay and ben roethlisberger played flat awful um i don't think the wide receivers played all that bad to be honest with you uh uh, okay dante moncrief did Dante Moncrief was horrible. <laughs> I, I did they when they were down, uh, Ben. When they were down at the at the goal line, and they uh, they called the timeout, um, and then they threw the fade. wasn't wasn't the fade to Dante Moncrief? Yes. Yeah, yeah, and and again, you're, you're you know, and, and, guy... and Collinsworth. I mean, everybody yeah. hates Collinsworth, but he says, you know, as a wide receiver, you don't get much better chance than that when the quarterback throws the ball right to the corner of the end zone mm-hmm. all you got to do is just be there yeah you know? I mean, it was a it was a good throw it was right to the it, spot it was know? it was yeah. it was to the spot where he was supposed to be but he didn't get there in time but do, do you like the play call though i didn't really have a problem with it i, yeah. I had a huge problem with the route i thought it was lazy uh exactly he, he tried to get cute the play call was fine i would have rather seen him throw to, to juju to be honest Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like he's a, as big a target. And I know that Ben seems to be infatuated with Moncrief, but I, I got a feeling that infatuation is going to die quick after last week. Um, yeah, it's just Juju's got big hands. He's got strong hands. He makes those combat catches. Unlike Moncrief who gets, lets the ball get knocked out of his hands. Uh, you know, I honestly, I would rather see that ball go to Zach Gentry, who I, do not like as a player <laughs> rather than Moncrief on that play. He was so yeah. disappointing. He was so disappointing. It was he, awful. He, he was. I, I don't think any of us – I mean, n- nobody saw that performance overall coming, but but nobody saw that coming from Moncrief. I think we all had much higher expectations. And, you know, based on what he had to say today, I know he he feels very much like he's let everybody down. And, you know, um, he has. And he has, he has, and, and you know, I know we've we've talked this week, you know, on and off about does this mean James Washington getting more looks, and um, you know, I I, I don't know, um, I I don't, I'm still just dumbfounded, and and I got to go back. Maybe you saw this on the tape, but you know, it, it's as if Vance McDonald was not even on the field. 
I mean, it's like, hey, yeah. you got this pretty decent tight end. I, I, I know they're covering, but, you know, occasionally he is going to get open. Um, maybe throw it to him. I mean, he didn't see a ball his way until the fourth quarter. Right. I, I just, the whole game plan to me was just like, uh, uh, get the cool. ball out of Ben's hand as quick as possible. Let's in, run in, to the outside like we did in, last time. Yeah, in defense yeah. of the game plan, which was stupid, but in fe- in defense of the game plan, Ben was missing guys that were open, and that's what I was talking about earlier when I yeah. said that he yeah. he didn't play his best game. He forced the ball to Moncrief on yeah. a few occasions. He only threw the ball to Vance McDonald four times, and as you just mentioned, he didn't throw him once. He didn't throw at him once until the fourth quarter. No. Uh, so McDonald finished with two catches for forty yards. Still. Yeah, you know, 20, 20 yards to catch, uh, ten yards an attempt. That's pretty productive. The guy was there, and he was there a few times over the course of the night. Yeah. Um, I know this is sacrilege, and I'm sorry. I'll apologize in advance. But Ryan Switzer is a catch it and fall down wide receiver. <sighs> I don't know why people are so infatuated with him. He should be the number five or six wide receiver. <laughs> well, sorry. Here's, okay, so here's here's my question. Um, and well, maybe not so much a question. Um, you mentioned what the Patriots were doing. Uh, here, Julian Edelman, catch the ball, go run with it. Uh, here, Josh right. Gordon, catch the ball, go run with it. You're absolutely right about Switzer. I think he's a wonderful person. I think he's a nice guy. I think he's uh, terrific with his Australian shepherds on Instagram. But he does nothing once he catches the ball. Okay, he's not. If if I hear anybody compare him to Edelman or Amendola again, I'm going to just die. He's not even close because he catches, he gets hit, he goes down. I've never seen the guy break a tackle. And and again, uh, you've got to have guys like that. I mean, remember that series where they go right to him on first and 10, then it's third and two or excuse me, second and two. They go back to him for a one yard gain because he couldn't turn up and get a yard. I mean, right. you can't have that at the NFL level. You've got to be able to turn the ball up and get a yard, and he just yeah. couldn't do it. And then, then of course, it, it led to further problems. But If, if Switzer um, couldn't return punts, he wouldn't be on the team, in my opinion. I, I totally agree. I think that that is basically the only reason he's there now. Um, I, I was I, – I'll have to say, Ben, I think I was a little impressed with Deontay Johnson. I, I, I think they got more out of him than they, they maybe anticipated. Um, I, I, I think there's, there's some potential there for him. I mean, obviously there is with a first round draft pick, but, um, or excuse me, third round, third. but, uh, yeah, but, but I just, I, I liked what I saw from him. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I did see, on. I did see one throw that was arguably a drop. Um, I just thought it was a yeah, dumb rookie, yeah. you know, he didn't, he yeah. didn't track the ball very well. He was thinking about where he was going to go with it before it got there. And right had already dropped it before the ball got there you know that's yeah. something my coach used to yell at me or all of us about actually at certain of points course. um and you know i th- i thought juju actually played a pretty nice game uh he didn't get very many targets right uh the guy who had the most targets was moncrief i don't know why ben kept <laughs> throwing it to him you know i saw somebody on Twitter complaining about how fast Moncrief is and why he wasn't more involved in the game plan. Are you shitting me? He got, he got 10 targets. He got 10 targets more than anyone on the team. 10. He caught three of them for seven yards. 
The guy doesn't deserve more reps. He deserves fewer reps. He played a horrible, terrible game. What, what, what was the official? What was the official drop count? Did they ever come up with what the official number was? Well, I saw two that were absolutely drops. Yeah, and there were two more that were batted out of his hands after he right. caught them. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and then then yeah, there were there were a couple passes that been through that were just bad passes. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I, I mean, people uh, people said he dropped four or five balls. Yeah. Okay, but those weren't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah two of them he had in his hands, and he let the DB make a play. Right. You know, they weren't ones that bounced off his hands that he should have caught. They were ones mm-hmm. he actually did catch and then dropped. Either um, way, you know, yeah. they don't go down as a catch, so maybe they're right. Yeah, anyway. Anyway. True, true. Uh, you're listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. And uh, again, for, for one final week here, you can get a hold of the P is for Pittsburgh shirt. It's a uh, gold shirt this time around with a nice P on the front and uh, the hypocycloids down at the bottom of it. And again, the shirts from 26 are always comfortable and eight bucks from every shirt sold goes to the American Cancer Society of Pennsylvania, and I don't need to tell you what an important cause that is. So please consider the shirt and doing something good at the same time. I don't want to really belabor this whole Patriots game point too much longer because we do have a pretty darn good Seattle team coming in that I want to talk about. Um, you know, I maybe I just I maybe I should just move on to it. No, no, no. Um, what point? Yeah, make? yeah I, I, I'm just, I'm just thinking here. Um, you know, the, the, my grandfather used to talk to me all the time about the psychology of sports, and I can't help but wonder if, if the Steelers went into that game just thinking, you know, let's just keep it as close as we can. Let's see what happens, and, and we don't expect to win here. Now, I know that mentality is something that nobody would ever speak of. Don't get me wrong. But just the way they came out, just the 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 whole demeanor, the whole game long, it was just it, it was just like okay, we're here, let's get it over with, and let's go home. And, and it was just something I never thought I would see out of this team. And 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 like I said, I, I I can handle losing. We can all handle losing. It's part of life. But but to to give no effort, no energy, no emotion that that was the real struggle and um and i i guess i'll just close with with that thought and uh you know i I think the patriots are going to benefit from an incredibly weak schedule there's i see no reason why they won't win that division and and be right back in line to get a bye and be in the afc title game again but and and hey you should be pissed off about it if you're a fan but it's what they do and um until the steelers figure out how to keep them from doing it this is what's going to happen but um some some injury things here real quick before we talk about the Seahawks. Um, Marquise Pouncey did not practice today with an ankle. That is definitely an alarming issue. That would mean B.J. Finney getting the start there at center. Um, it looks like Sean Davis, was he was limited today, Ben? Yeah. Yeah, he's limited, and, and obviously his return would be um, – well, now monumental because Cam Kelly, who I, I really thought could could hold his own, clearly right. did not. Clear, clearly did not. Um, and, you know, Rosie Nix has a knee, and, and Tomlin kind of made it sound like that was going to be a couple-week thing. Uh, Juju with the toe, but I expect him to play. And there, there's some other things going on in there as well. 
but but nothing more major than I, I guess Nick's right now with that knee. So um, Seattle comes in, and uh, our man Ian provided uh, some pretty interesting stats today as we were chatting. Uh, Seattle is the only team in in the National Football League that has never scored a point at Heinz Field. Um, twice they have come um, into Heinz and have been shut out. And uh, the last time they won in Pittsburgh, what what was what was that third stat? They were still 99. part of the NFC. Yeah, they yeah, were still part of the NFC West. For the AFC, AFC West. West. Yeah, yeah. Um, so some interesting nuggets there. Yeah, but, the, um, if you look if you, you know. look at the the Seattle Pittsburgh series, it's incredibly slanted, and it benefits the home team yes. over the long haul. Um, Seattle, Seattle's two and seven in Pittsburgh all time Pittsburgh mm-hmm. is one and seven all time in Seattle. And it's just, it's indicative of the fact that it's a very long trip, yeah. but you also look at, at, at Pete Carroll's um, record overall as a coach mm-hmm. on the road, since he's been in Seattle, I don't think the Seattle fans, I know they don't, they don't realize it. They think that team's better than it really is. And I say that as a person who lives in the, in the Pacific Northwest, right? Seattle enjoys an incredible home field advantage. Incredible. Huge. And that is a really, really, really hard place to play because it's so damn loud. Mm -hmm. I cannot – words don't do it justice. It's like being at a rock concert for three and a half hours. You were there when uh, When they they played the shootout. Yeah. Yeah, the last time. Um, But uh, Pete Carroll on the road all time since he's been in Seattle is 36-35-1. Wow. Yeah. So he's almost a perfect 500 on the road and he's making a long road trip. The circumstances benefit the Steelers. Okay. And that's the good news. And then, you know, obviously given how flat they were when they came out, well, honestly, I thought the defense came out pretty jacked up. You know, the first round, the first first series, the first series, they played pretty well. And I I thought they were playing pretty inspired. Then they just fell off. Yeah. But the, the performance as a whole was bad and the only way from here is up in my mind i mean i i guess you know brian pointed out that they could play uh who used to write for the site he pointed out that they could play like the dolphins next week yeah the dolphins are tanking on purpose man The, the (laughs) the dolphins uh their players have pretty much given up on the season already and it's just week one I expect the Steelers to bounce back. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're going to trounce the Seahawks or that they're going to shut them mm-hmm. out. Uh, I'm not no, saying no, that. No. Seattle's no. got a good offense, but I expect yep. the Steelers to play better. They damn well better play better, man. That was awful. That was horrible. Yeah. I mean, I if I were a player on that team, I would be embarrassed. And I hope they were. That, I, I, I think they were. I think you saw a lot of guys staying off social media so far this week. I, I think there was definitely a level of embarrassment there. And um, I, I don't know who the journalist was this week that, that asked Mike Tomlin, but I, I thought it was, a, it was a, a fairly basic football question, but it was still a good question. And, and, and he asked Tomlin about, you know, how do you prepare for a guy like Brady and then have to turn around and prepare your defense for a guy like Russell Wilson? And, and, and I thought it was a good question, you know, because you, you do. You have to have some different rules because of uh, Wilson's mobility, and, and they have a very nice running game kind of by committee type thing. And uh, he, he clearly has, has a, a nice rookie receiver there. 
uh, now who made some plays last week. So that, that Seattle offense is, is not going to mess around. The defense has to bring it. Uh, it can't just be T.J. Watt trying to fight through double teams all day trying to get there. You know, um, it, it, Cam Hayward is going to have to show up. Bud Dupree uh, is going to have to make plays when they matter, not late in, late in games when you're already down by 28. Um, right. You know, and, and so that, that – but as you pointed out, he's, you know, Carroll's 500 on the road, and uh, it's a 1 o'clock start, West Coast coming to East Coast. So I, I feel good about it. I, I just – I can't get that feeling, uh, Ben, of, out of my head of just how awful we looked last week. But as they yeah. say, you, you typically improve most between week one and week two. No, you, I mean, I – Look, the Steelers, and I tweeted this earlier this week, the Steelers, when they got done picking up their teeth and that curb stomping, we're going to have to come to terms with the fact that yeah. that was just a week one loss. And yeah. really, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter if you lose by one point or if you lose by 30. It's just that losing by 30 feels a lot worse. It feels yeah. a yeah. lot worse. I'm sure yes, as a player, it, it certainly does as a fan. It ruined my week. Um <laughs> Absolutely, man. It fucking did. (laughs) It makes Monday awful. Holy shit. Bad taste in your mouth. And uh, yeah, I just, they're going to have to come to terms with the fact that that was just a week one loss and that typically teams, what you see on the field in September, week one, is Mm -hmm. not the same caliber of team you see in November, week 10, week 11. And that, that's a, true and that's a truancy for the entire league i mean oh yeah the pats aren't gonna be the same team in november that they are now they might be better they might be worse um right you know and i mean that's gonna be everybody every single year some team comes out of the gate firing hot on all cylinders and another team looks terrible and their fortunes are reversed by the end of the season every single year and that's one of the things that keeps the nfl interesting and makes it popular Frankly, yeah, no question. But it sucks to be on the bad end of that spectrum after week one, man. And these guys have got to dig themselves out of it. They they do, and and you know, to me, it's got to start up front. You, you got to put some faith in that offensive line. Um, Seattle is loaded with talented defenders. Uh, Bobby Wagner's a great linebacker. Of course, they've added Clowney on the Clowney. edge. You know, I, I mean, you're going to have to do things. And, and I, it, it was driving me a little crazy the other night in New England. You know, New England was starting to ramp up their pass rush a little bit, obviously, because they knew we were throwing, uh, being behind so much. But, I mean, w- we didn't really any run any type of traditional running back screens uh, that, that had any sort of creativity to them no real draw plays to suck the defensive lineup. I, I mean, you, you got to get a little more creative than what I saw from Randy Feekner the other night. And uh, again, it was just an overall stale performance. And and you're right. I, I thought Ben was very, very average. He, he, there were times when he didn't even let himself get through his progressions. He just tried to force the ball in to that first or second guy just in an effort to stay upright. And, um, I, I mean, there were guys, there were times when you could see on the all 22 where guys are breaking open. The the line was providing the time and he just didn't see him because he had already thrown the ball. So, you know, they've got to work on a lot of different things this week with Seattle coming in. And, um, 
you know, I, I think I think it was interesting. You know, we talked about Cam Kelly right at the beginning uh, when Tomlin was asked about him, and he and he had made the comment earlier about everybody's zero and one, so that's everybody's performance, and that was his answer about Cam Kelly. Uh, well, he's zero and one, and I I think uh, they were really troubled by by how poor he was. Um, is, is there any uh, other than Devin Bush's pretty solid performance with eleven tackles? I mean, was there any performance at all? that you can look at and, and think positively going into this week? Again, I mentioned Watt and uh, Tuit yeah. before. And Tuit, you know, I want to see a little more from Mr. Tuit. He's certainly the most talented defensive lineman on the team, in my opinion, but he just doesn't perform like that guy. He's, yeah. He performs like the third most talented guy. Yeah. Um, but I didn't see a heck of a lot from Cam, and I'd like no. to see a little more. Um you know, that said, like I mentioned, Brady was getting rid of the ball quick. Yeah. Yep. Real quick. Uh, so it's not like Cam had a bad game. He just didn't make any big splash plays. Bud got that sack again. The Steelers were already down by a lot. Yep. Uh, Brady took a chance and he got sacked. Um, and like I said before, Watt was there a few times. And once, like that should have been a strip sack, man. I still can't believe he just, I'm just I don't an unbelievable know how he play. completed yeah. that, but he did. Well, it was um, it was classic, uh, you know, Murphy's law. Anything going bad was just going to keep going bad, and and yeah. uh, you know, Watt made a beautiful move to get there, and you see the ball come flying and right into the arms of Edelman. Right, uh, right, and, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, the outside corners played pretty okay. They really did, Nelson and and Hayden. Um, but they, they weren't involved in much because they were no. playing outside. So it's like, you're away from the play every time, you know, yeah, you might get in on, a, on an assist tackle, but you're not going to be a guy who makes a play on the ball because they're not throwing the ball at you. Well, you know, <laughs> speak, speaking of the outside guys, uh, there's a good chance we're not going to see Joe Hayden on Sunday with, uh, an AC joint issue. Possibly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Does that mean Steve Nelson and Artie Burns? And if so, do you anticipate uh, man coverage? Do you anticipate just a mix? Do they go more zone, which obviously doesn't suit Artie Burns? It's not his strong suit. What, what do you anticipate if, if Hayden can't go? Uh, Artie Burns in all likelihood. And he yeah. had a strong uh, a strong preseason. Right. So I I don't know. What I'd like to see them do is mix their coverages. They're most effective when they mix their coverages, when they right. play some zone or they they imply they're going to play zone and they play man instead or they imply that they're going to play bump and run but they just play they just play uh man. Mhm. Um mm-hmm. or they look like they're lining up to play man and instead they play bump and they and they play plural physical, you know, disguise it somewhat um uh, diversify the coverage schemes you know it's not like i mean russell's he's a he's a smart quarterback he's he's not gonna wilson's not dumb he's he's not he's not gonna be fooled often but at least if you make him think he's gonna have to take a second longer to decide where he's gonna go with the ball and that's what you need you need to give your pass rush a chance to get there that's all that is it Mm -hmm. uh it's not like, you know, people people on Twitter keep talking about, well, they had all these injuries on the offensive line and that our defense still couldn't get there. What injuries in the offensive line? They I mean they they lost their center. So what? Yeah. It's not like the center who played in there was bad. 
No, he did a nice job. They they had a bunch of injuries along the offensive line. They lost one guy for the season, and they lost him a month ago. So enough of that shit. Get out of here with that. Well, Uh, Dante Skarnecchia is probably the top offensive line coach in the NFL, too, quite frankly. So it's not not like he was working with pudding. Well, Munch is... One is one, yeah. Munch is. I mean, Skarnecki is good. Skarnecki is good. Don't get me wrong. He is. He's good. But Munch is the best. I mean, I. He took a group of ragtag. Oh, very true. Yeah, guys who shouldn't have been in the league and made them a really good offensive line. I. Wow. Oh no, I'm not disagreeing with you. Um. Uh, well, what, what, uh, what do you think happens? You think the Steelers come out and play hard, play well, the crowd gets into the game and, uh, and, and we get ourselves a W on Sunday or, or do we expect an 0 two start and a trip to San Francisco to follow? I, I want to believe that they're going to win this week, that they're going yeah. to pull it out. I don't know how pretty it's going to be. I know I know myself, no matter what they do this week, I'm going to be looking for flaws. I'm going to be going, okay, you didn't turn it around that much in a week. There are still things that you're not doing well. What are they? Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to be like thoroughly impressed unless they just absolutely trounce them. So, yeah. And I, 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 I'm in the same boat. I, I I see no reason why this team doesn't play much, much better than it played last week. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that means a W, but uh, they're going to play better. Um, I, I did want to mention, too, that it kind of lost in all this is, is the Steelers did, of course, trade Josh Dobbs um, on Monday over Good Jacksonville. Trade. Excellent Good trade. trade. And, 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 and just let's take a minute here real, real quick before we wrap the show up. A lot of people are like, well, wait a minute. He was only a fourth-round pick. We only got a fifth for him. That's not a good trade. Uh, explain why that's a good trade, Ben. <laughs> because uh, he probably was worth a seven. <laughs> and, uh, when, yeah. and basically, the currency the currency when you give up on a player and you're ready to trade him away in the NFL is a sixth or seventh-round pick. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it'll be a seven with a, that's a conditional six if the player – plays enough plays or yeah. dresses often enough or whatever. Uh, he's a guy they've given up on, obviously. He got demoted, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He wasn't worth – he was not worth a fourth. Sorry. I don't know who would have thought that. I honestly think that getting what's what's going to end up being a high fifth-round pick for Josh Dobbs is robbery. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, basically – they found a team that was desperate that really, really needed a quarterback, and that's who they traded him to. So and there's there's not too many third string quarterbacks running around the NFL that are gonna get you a fifth round draft pick. And you know nope. and, and I mean I think that's you can just kind of end the value discussion right there. So uh I wish Dobbs well. He, he's a really, really good guy. I know he was well liked in the locker room. Um, I, you know, Hey, may, maybe, you know, if this Minshew kid, that's going to start, uh, uh, for, for Foles, if he doesn't do well, Dobbs finds himself in there and, 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 you know, get, gets his shot in the NFL. Cause it, it just wasn't going to happen in Pittsburgh. Um, and, you know, so definitely wish him the best, but I'm glad we got something, uh, 
uh, in return. So um, we're going to wrap things uh, up right there. And again, thanks to our tremendous sponsor, 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. Make sure you're checking out everything on the site, steelcityblitz.com. And um, Ian should be back next week. And um, also on uh, Facebook, dot com slash steel city blitz and of course and twitter at sc blitz so uh for ben and for myself i'm gonna wrap it up thanks for listening to the show everybody and good night and hey go Steelers. ravens suck <laughs>